Welcome to Ensemble, where the sum of the whole is greater than its parts. This week's bite-sized episode is going to cover the hottest topics in the financial and crypto world to give you some tools to feel smarter at the dinner table and more informed in the markets. My name is Tim, with me is Dean, and today we are your Ensemble. Ensemblers, happy new year and I hope your festive period was a good one. It was certainly a quiet one in the markets. Dino, tell us about the best story you've heard over the last couple of weeks. I think the best story that I've heard over the last few weeks is definitely in relation to OpenAI. So they are reportedly raising funds at a $29 billion valuation. And I guess it's ChatGPT that could challenge the Google search and ultimately start to take it on. What are your thoughts around uh, OpenAI and what it may mean for Google? Well, it's certainly taken the world by storm. And I, you know what, Dean? I'm not too worried about Google. Obviously, OpenAI's strength at the moment is, is the AI algorithms they have built, but also the training sets that have gone with it. And much of that data is basically what Google has anyway. Uh, and like we've seen over the last what, 15, 20 years now, Facebook, Google, Apple, they've always got a trick up their sleeve. I'm sure they're planning a lot, but at the moment, I'm definitely using ChatGPT over Google as my right-hand man. Absolutely. So let's look at a few of the I suppose, more negative stories. That's a bit of a juicy one. We saw Salesforce fire 10% of their staff and Amazon fire 17,000 people. It hasn't been a great couple of weeks to end off the year for tech stocks, which was a terrible year. And we'll get into some of the outlooks shortly. But Dean, tell us about some of the crypto stories as well. Well, crypto's definitely had an interesting week with the first uh, news being that SBF has pleaded not guilty. Now, this was actually a shock to me for for two reasons. First is his co-founders have pleaded guilty in various charges. And one can only infer that based on the fact that they have pleaded guilty, SBF ought to have done the same. The second point that has become really interesting is the fact that SBF may have actually made out his case over the past few weeks. So if you take it back in time, from the time FTX crashed up until today, uh, SBF has been all over the media doing a whole lot of interviews. And this is not something that is common when these type of sagas hit. So I'm really interested to see what happens in the court proceedings, although I do not have a lot of confidence that he will be successful. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think just like Google, Meta and Apple will have something up their sleeve to combat OpenAI, I really do believe that SPF and particularly his parents who are obviously very high placed lawyers, very highly regarded in, in the compliance and legal industries will have some more tricks up their sleeve. I do agree with you that it's going to be very hard after Gary Wang and Carolyn Ellison threw him completely under the bus, but I do think he's going to have another few cards to play, unfortunately. And I mean, talking about uh, the entire crypto market, what, what has really been an interesting uh, New Year's present is Gemini's open letter to Barry from DCG. Now, in an open letter penned by Cameron, he says to, to Barry, and I guess to the rest of the market, that for 47 days, Gemini has tried to engage with DCG to try help its users obtain or get access to the 900 million of the assets which they are owed. Now, the reason this letter went public is because apparently Barry is not actually engaging with Gemini and Gemini have put various proposals at the table. So in this letter, there were a couple of jabs, particularly one around how DCG may be unethical in certain aspects. And I guess the gloves are off. But do you think, Tim, this could have an effect on the market if something with DCG goes wrong? I mean, yes, it definitely can. However, 
I, I do hope that a lot of this has not only A, been priced in, but a lot of the companies who would be fearful of a contagion and who would be the second or third, I suppose, direct or indirect uh, companies affected by this would start preparing for the eventual reality that this could go belly up. So I really do think that everyone is preparing for a worst case scenario, just given everything else we've seen in the crypto market in 2022. Absolutely. So I guess now we're looking at our outlooks for 2023 and uh, Tim and I wrapped up 2022 a couple of weeks ago and we gave you our thoughts and views. But interestingly, we now have to dive into 2023. So I guess from my perspective, Tim, there's two big things that are really front and center. The first is the recession, which we've previously spoken about. But the perspective that I would like to get across is the fact that startups in their early stages may actually raise capital in this market. And what we may also see in this regard is startups in their later stages not raising as much capital. So those valuations which have previously been uh, obtained in the bull market are undoubtedly going to be crushed. And if founders aren't prepared to take down rounds, we're probably gonna see a bit of uh, blood. But I really think that from a startup perspective and an early stage founder perspective, it's going to be good in a recession like this. The second is definitely on the tech uh, cuts. So I guess Elon with Twitter has shown that having less employees is almost better. And I have no doubt that other tech companies are going to follow suit. What are your predictions for 2023? So I think a lot will depend on the macro and the geopolitical situation with Russia and Ukraine, with the shifting tide of, of the US and the relations with China and Middle Eastern countries like the UAE, and particularly Saudi, Saudi Arabia, and what's gonna happen with energy I think it's going to be another good year for, for energy because of that. And I do think we are going to see that the rooster is going to come home to hatch, that the US dollar is still obviously heavily inflated. The debt is at uncontrollable levels at 32 trillion. They just signed another almost 2 trillion on the omnibus bill. It is It has to come home to roost eventually. I think this year we will start to see a, a long-term devaluation of the US dollar, which of course is good for crypto and potentially other currencies as well. Obviously, the one and, and China is the next preeminent superpower. Absolutely. And then having a look at 2023 from a crypto side, I think what we are undoubtedly going to see is lots of building in crypto. You know, it's previously been said by many other founders, but the best time to build is in a bear market. But I think this time it's going to be different. Uh, I would not put it past all the new startups to focus on regulation, focus on accounting and focus on transparency. 2022 was undoubtedly a year where there was a lot of uh, downfall due to a lack of regulation, incorrect accounting, and a lack of transparency. So this should be built into the startups of 2023. What are your outlooks for 2023 from a crypto perspective? So I really agree with those values and I'll throw one other, maybe not value, but tactic, which is concentrating of resources and concentrating of liquidity. We saw last year, I suppose, for other reasons, Terra and Luna, go belly up. We saw obviously FTT and some and some major blockchains start going. And I, I think 2023 will be the year where we see some major blockchains just disappear into thin air as we consolidate and push towards really just a, an Ethereum and an Ethereum ecosystem and EVM compatible blockchain world. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Avalanche, if Solana don't survive the year. We look at these, the more Ethereum and Ethereum based like Polygon Arbitrum, Optimism, all the other L2s and we look at really focusing the liquidity in this section. And my other big prediction here is that we see at least two or two, and I think potentially three African nations adopt Bitcoin as official tender. 
Oh, that, that's an interesting one coming from the South African. But talking about crypto, Tim, can you give me your Bitcoin and Ethereum price predict predictions for 1 January 2024? Oof, for 1 January 2024, I actually think we'll be very similar to where we are today. I think macro is going to dictate that there's not a lot of money throwing around in the market where we'll be able to throw in extra money into crypto. I do think that if these African nations and others adopted and we look at some of the real world assets and major Web2 giants move, we could see an increase. And I do think we'll get to a high of 35 this year. But I do think we'll see a range as low as 11. What are you thinking? Oh, very interesting uh, prediction. So if I were to give a prediction on 1 January 2024, I'm going to say that Bitcoin will be at $13,500 and I'm going to say that Ethereum will be at $750. $750, wow. My, my prediction for ETH is that we'll only go as low as $900 because I really think we'll consolidate these other blockchains into Ethereum. And when that happens, we'll get some really good positive buzz. We'll get up to two and a half thousand. But I do think we'll, just like Bitcoin, they're gonna move quite in, in, in correlation. We're not gonna see a flipping, a lapping or that everyone's predicting going to be at a very similar place this time next year with crypto with some bad news in the macro and some good news in the crypto world and that is all for today ensembles keep stacking sats hodling building and staying cautiously optimistic and remember you're not alone you're part of our ensemble trying to get a bit financially smarter every day